Hey guys, this is uh, John Blau with the Post and Courier, um, your Clemson reporter, and we're doing our weekly countdown to kickoff feature, um, talking about this week's uh, matchup with Georgia Tech. And I've got my uh, boss and uh, columnist, Gene Sabagoff, here uh, to help talk about you know the week and, and what we can expect at the game. Uh, Gene, I guess where were you last week? What you were at the Citadel? What were you doing? Uh, yeah, I was covering the chuck down, throw down, as they call it, John, uh, the Citadel against Charleston Southern. And I just thought the Citadel, the military college of South Carolina was a really cool place to be on 9-11 and had that circled for a long time since they've known that was going to be their 9-11 and homecoming game. And hey, the Citadel got blasted by a really good Charleston Southern team. Head coach Autry Denson, by the way, the career rushing leader at Notre Dame, and uh, the Bucks look really good. But um, yeah, John, looking forward to talking some Clemson football with you. Um, I watched the game on tape um, against SC State, and uh, yeah, I saw a lot of impressive things and a few things that still kind of uh, head scratching to me. All right, so yeah, I just wanted to mention one other thing. Um, obviously, if you guys are listening, you can send us questions um, for me and Gene to answer. Uh, the other thing is obviously we've got this newsletter uh, called the Tiger Take for Clemson. Uh, if you go to the postingcourier.com forward slash the Tiger Take, you can subscribe to that. And it's just basically, um, I give kind of my stories of the week, but then also just other little tidbits that I don't include in the paper, don't have room for. Uh, you can subscribe to that. And I hope you enjoy that as well. But obviously this is another feature, just me and Gene talking. Uh, you talked about watching that SEC State game. I mean, how much of a pick-me-up was that? I mean, Georgia obviously was a uh, kind of a downer, obviously, uh, to be able to score 49 points and, I guess, execute at a higher level. Uh, Tony Elliott on the offensive side thought that was the case. I mean, how important was that for them? Obviously, it's a non-conference game, not a great team. Uh, but to be able to do that, what do you think it meant for them, G? Uh, it was a good dose of medicine, no doubt about it. It was also cool to see that many fans at Death Valley for, uh, let's face it, you know, a really not very competitive game. And if you look around the country, getting a lot of people to come into a stadium for games like that is harder and harder to come by. And I know Dabo Sweeney and the staff and the players and everybody associated with Clemson football appreciates that. As far as the really good things I saw, I'll tell you what, I saw some backup guys on defense that won't be backups for long and are going to be really good players and maybe NFL players. Kevin Swint, wow, he made some good plays. And I I heard uh, on the radio broadcast Don Munson and Tim Beret talking about how, you know, they go to practice all the time and see every bit of it, um, unlike most of the other media that doesn't get to see quite all the practice. And uh, they say Swint just is always making plays in practice. I always uh, also really like Jeremiah Trotter, um, obviously the son of former NFL player. And um, hey, Keith McGuire, a linebacker, was in there deflecting what would have been SC State's only touchdown pass from Corey Fields in the end zone. So just a lot of really cool plays like that. And then on offense, I mean, DJ Uyunglele. Uh, the first thing I noticed that was going to be a problem in Charlotte against Georgia was his feet. Um, they look nervous. He was moving around incorrectly, um, not confidently. And so many things were right with his feet against SC State. I mean, very decisive movements in the pocket. And then obviously the running into the end zone. But just it just looks so much more confident. And I think he just 
needs to shake off that performance against the Bulldogs. And hey, Justin Ross, uh, Will Shipley getting the backup quarterbacks in there, all kinds of good things on offense for Clemson against SC State. Is is that kind of how you saw it, or what 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 things stood out to you, John? Yeah, um, like you said, I think offensively, especially, it was just kind of a good dose of medicine uh, to be able to get the running game established. That was something they didn't even really try to do against Georgia. I mean, it was the running backs got nine carries for 24 yards. I know Georgia is one of the best run stopping teams in the country, but you can't you know, only feed your backs nine times. Um, they got obviously, I think it was 25 or 26. I'm forgetting the exact number of carries, but 242 yards. Uh, to see Will Shipley kind of have the 30-yard explosive run that he had, to see Kobe Pace get 68 yards all of it in the first quarter. I mean, that was uh, really impressive stuff. Um, and then defensively, uh, the, one of the, the plays that you kind of alluded to it that Dabo Sweeney was most proud of was just the goal line stand at the end of the game. I mean, obviously the starters are going to do what they do, uh, but the younger guys came in, uh, held the level up. You know, they, they weren't going to allow like a, a late – garbage touchdown to South Carolina State. Now they're still one of the two teams in the country. It's just Georgia and Clemson that has not allowed a touchdown uh, thus far uh, through two games. So that's impressive. The question is, again, it's always one of those games you have to take with a grain of salt because it is South Carolina State. It's a complete mismatch uh, talent-wise. And my question for Eugene is, how much of a level up is Georgia Tech? I mean, obviously it's an ACC team, but they beat them 73 to seven last year. So, I mean, what, what do we think the difference is for going from a South Carolina state to a Georgia Tech right now? Well, um, I know we're going to talk about the state of the ACC and it's, it's not a great state right now um, later, but if I look at next week's game at NC State and last week's game against SC State, I guess Georgia Tech's about in the middle right now. Um, I, I think people thought the Yellow Jackets would still be struggling here at this time with, you know, still a transition from the option team, but showing some progress last year. But th they've struggled more than I think most people, most analysts, and certainly most Georgia Tech fans would have thought. So this will be an easy one for Clemson. Um, it'll, it'll be good again to get some guys confident going into what had looked like the toughest you know, ACC game on the schedule in Raleigh next week. I'm not so sure that's the case anymore, but um, I think there's a lot of things still to work on for Clemson. Uh, and it's particularly, they've got to get this offensive line together, confident, and now add some depth as you've been writing about, you know, with, with an injury uh, to Pennington that Dabo made no bones about saying that's that's a huge loss and uh, it's just going to be interesting to me particularly in the interior of the offensive line how well they can consistently block improve and add some depth yeah I mean they're really relying off of a true freshman right now Marcus Tate I mean he is he's kind of the thing holding this thing together um, by moving Bockhorst to center and, and obviously having uh, Will Park, uh, Walker Parks and Will Putnam on the right side and, and then having McFadden on the left. But that's one of the most interesting things about uh, this team. And I actually had someone ask me this question yesterday, which is uh, how, how good is the offensive line? Is this going to be a problem all, all year? Um, and like you said, the depth is an issue. Um, but if the starting five can come together, uh, that, that's one of those units that sometimes does take time to develop. I mean, just to have different guys in different positions, get to know one, each, one another in, in game action. And I guess luckily for Clemson, 
maybe. Uh, it's obviously a downside. The schedule is not that strong because it doesn't look that great to the outside world. Uh, but to play an ACC schedule like they are, this does give the offensive line plenty of opportunity to gel, we would think, right? Yeah, and uh, you, you touched kind of on the game within the game here, and that is part of what Clemson football seasons have been in the college football playoff era. I mean, they've been some huge games in there, obviously, you know, Notre Dame, Louisville with Lamar Jackson, et cetera. But for a lot of this, Clemson fans have become really good at not just looking at the scoreboard, but looking at position units and how things develop. Here's what I think is going to have to go on with this offensive line. Um, no knock on these guys in the interior of the offensive line, but I, I think, you know, we saw a lot of the same stuff last year. I'm not sure they can physically get a lot better, but you do have a really good tight end room. You have a quarterback that can move around and maybe you have running backs that can block. And Tony Elliott, I think is as good a play caller as there is in college football. So how do they kind of, uh, work around this lack of depth? And, you know, not wearing those guys out, those starters, that's going to be really key for down the stretch, too. And then just kind of making the most of what you have. I think that's going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And, and that actually brings us to another point, which is one of the things that feels like is missing to me just watching Clemson's games last year, as opposed to now, an Amari Rogers type of receiver. And I've seen this pointed out elsewhere where you just get him the ball in the flat that stretches the defense horizontally. Um, and that's almost like a supplement to the run game. You don't necessarily have to just pound it up uh, people's throats all the time. Get it on, on the perimeter to a guy like an Amari Rogers who just takes the ball and runs and gains you four or five yards, keeps you on schedule. Uh, we really haven't seen that yet uh, from Clemson in terms of what's going to be that threat. I mean, there's a few options there. Maybe a Will Shipley, obviously, is a guy who seems to be pretty adept at being able to catch the ball. Can you get him in the flat and can he make some guys miss and make some plays? Is it going to be the tight ends? I mean, I think Tony Elliott talked about that being a possibility that instead of just, you know, getting it to a guy like Amari Rogers, which is a lot of flash, um, you just get it to a tight end who can, you know, uh, on a drop down, who can get it for, you know, four or five, six yards uh, when you need him. Uh, but how they're going to kind of stretch defenses from sideline to sideline is an interesting uh, thing. I think we know vertically that DJ can obviously get the ball down the field and you have some really tall, rangy athletic receivers. Uh, but yeah, how do they stay on schedule um, when you don't have that guy necessarily that we see right now? Maybe it's Will Taylor down the stretch um, who kind of can, can make a play in the slot. But right now, who is that guy who's just going to get open and, and make a play in space? I really think it could be Will Taylor. And I mean, what a talent that guy is just playing all over the place. I mean, he, for me, he's pretty much instantly made the punt return team dangerous from being mediocre the last few years, last year, and it projecting is that way coming into this year. And then, yeah, he looks like he could be a really good slot receiver, but there's other options too. I think Will Shipley, Justin Ross, and Braden Galloway could all fit in there in that spot. So I think Tony Elliott has plenty of options. And I think that at one time or another, he, he might look at, pretty much all of those because it's going to take significantly more punch than what they showed obviously against Georgia to win, you know, against good teams. And Hey, you know, I think DJ Uyunglele, he and the Clemson coaches underrated 
uh, how he might perform in front of the first hostile crowd he's ever seen. And that was, you know, a neutral site Georgia Clemson game. But they're going to be loud in Raleigh. E even if the Wolfpack isn't quite as good as we thought they were just a week ago, they're going to be loud. And even at places like, you know, Pittsburgh, um, who knows? And I know it's going to be loud in Columbia. So uh, every little edge they can get on offense right now, particularly to protect the interior of that offensive line, is huge. Yeah, and, and there was improvement for DJ Uyunglele. Uh, that, that was good to see in the last game. It, it was, there were still some throws that were a little off. Um, uh, Tony Elliott was saying he thought most of those tended to be when he was on the run. You know, just kind of the ball. I mean, I, I know there was one where they said Justin Ross missed time to jump in the end zone. And to me, it seemed like he was trying to – he thought that Justin was seven foot four on that play or something like that where he put it. Um, but – uh, you did see improvement, but yeah, how, how is he going to settle in kind of behind this offensive line? You talk about some of the challenges uh, in the ACC. Um, I kind of wrote about it a little bit today. I mean, Georgia Tech, obviously, you, you alluded to it as well. Just the, the transition away from an option system that they've known for so long. The coaches were talking about um, how, how they have been impressed with what Jeff Collins has done. He came over from Temple. He's brought more of a spread uh, system, you'll see more 11 personnel, which one receiver, one tight end. Um, but do we really think this offense, do we feel like what Dabo and, and all of them were saying, uh, kind of talking up Georgia Tech, that this offense is far enough along to be able to score points on this defense? Uh, I, I, I just, I kind of doubt it. Yeah, I don't know what the over-under would be on points for Georgia Tech, but I'm guessing it's probably 10. And at this point, I don't know. I'd probably bet against the Yellow Jackets getting into the end zone, particularly in Death Valley, or at least I'd say within the first three quarters, which is to say against the Clemson starters, uh, you can have some weird things happen when when different players get in there. And that's no knock on Clemson's depth on defense, which is ridiculously terrific. Um, in fact, John, Clemson's depth on defense is so outstanding that on Clemson's official, you know, two or three deep roster, there's contributing guys that aren't even on there because they don't have enough room. But uh, I will say this about Georgia Tech, and I know this game's not in Atlanta, but uh, they will be bringing uh, the band and uh, they have the best fight song in college football for my money. I, I like Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, that's a great one. Uh, Michigan's Hail to the Victors, Southern Cal, um, Fight On for Old SC. I, I think that's always cool. But Georgia Tech, in the lyrics of that fight song, I mean, the, 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 sing, the, the lyrics you're talking about, what, what your daughter would do if she went to Georgia Tech, what your son would do to go, if he went to Georgia Tech, which is to say, to hell with Georgia, taking a direct stab at the rivalry in your fight song is cool and then it's talking about mixing up uh sugar and rum you know so what, what more college can you get like that so a rambling rat from georgia tech and a hell of an engineer is is, is a great fight song and I, I just don't know how many times georgia tech's going to be able to play it in a joyous unison at death valley on saturday yeah i mean i felt bad for the uh, tiger though i mean they, they scored 28 points really quick uh, and then they got the 35, and he's pounding out all those uh, push-ups in a row uh, down there on the field. I, I, the offense was burning their guys out. I don't know if, uh, like you said, the band for Georgia Tech's going to get much action, but that will be interesting to see. And, and you alluded to the ACC. Um, just kind of go deeper into that now. I mean, one of the interesting bits of news we heard this week is that Phil Dracovich, uh, the uh, quarterback at Boston College, 
Um, he's maybe out for the year. Um, and then, you know, obviously North Carolina's already taken a ding uh, the first week of the season against Virginia Tech. Um, how strong is this? You know, is there anybody, even when we get to the, the ACC championship game, that really like scares you uh, in terms of Clemson losing to them at, at all? Uh, well, let's just take the last part first there, John. Uh, hey, Virginia, Virginia Tech still have a chance to have really special years. So does Pittsburgh. They're all, you know, undefeated at this point. And, um, you know, they've got big games coming up. North Carolina could bounce back. Miami could bounce back. But I think that if you looked at Clemson's schedule uh, just two weeks ago, going into the season, I thought from an ACC perspective that the toughest game was at NC State and the second toughest game, and partly because it was kind of coming off NC State and looked a little bit of like a trap game, was Boston College because the Boston College guys, you know, they came into Death Valley, didn't blink last year. And with Bill Djurkovic back, you know, that, that really, you know, looked like at least it could be a good competitive game. Now, NC State looked awful against Mississippi State. I watched that whole game on tape. It just wasn't, uh, it was a mismatch against a team that is picked to finish, you know, second to last in the SEC West. That's one of the worst SEC teams by pretty much all accounts. And, and they just didn't look good at all. And they lost two starters on defense, including linebacker Peyton Wilson, who's an all ACC preseason guy and just a terrific player. So now, John, and I'd be interested in how you look at that this second and obviously, you know, subject to change, but I'm on the schedule now. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Um, like you said, uh, only scoring 10 points at Mississippi State. Um, I know they've had some pretty decent teams over the years, but that that's not, you know, they're not known for defense. I don't think that that really uh, bodes well uh, for them only be able to pull out that much. And then the injuries that they suffered, uh, North Carolina State, I, I just, I can't see even going on the road, Clemson having a ton of trouble uh, coming out with the W there, unless just everything goes wrong. Um, yeah, down the line, Pittsburgh seems like a, seems like an interesting game. Um, obviously that's on the road. Um, Pittsburgh is, is two and oh, at this point, I mean, they're, they're, they look pretty good. I mean, in terms of like the wins that they have, I mean, they look, I, I don't know if they played anybody that great, but, but they, but they, they look like they're pretty solid, um, from the outside kind of looking at it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Florida state, maybe you were getting excited about that for a second, the way they played Notre Dame, and then you lose to Jacksonville state on a last second touchdown. I mean, I don't, I don't know what that's going to be. Um, and kind of just going all the way down the schedule. I mean, then you get to UConn and South Carolina, and uh, I can't see them losing a game in the regular season. If they do, I mean, it's pretty much out of the CFP for sure. I mean, you can't you can't um, make much of an argument that you should be in there if you, if you lost your one game to Georgia and you lose any of these games. So it definitely does put the pressure on Clemson. They can't they can't have a down. Um, a down day. They can't just have a bad day where they have three or four or five turnovers and, you know, and, and they just can't get anything to go the ball to bounce their way. I mean, they, they, they have to be ready week to week because, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone you're going to look at at the end of the season and say, that was a great team that took them out if they ended up getting taken out. Uh, other than maybe, yeah, North Carolina and Virginia Tech and somebody on that, on that other side uh, might be able to have an argument for, for being a, you know, 
somebody that's pretty good, but you got to beat them too. I mean, it's to solidify things considering you lost that Georgia game. Yeah, people seem to almost annually underrate Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia, and um, they've had North Carolina's number since he's been there. And if they win again this week, then that's a heck of a start for the Cavaliers. But I'll tell you what, here, here's kind of a statement about the ACC, and we're, we're only two weeks in, but we've had a lot of non-conference games. And I'm going to ask you to tell me, has, is this the most impressive ACC non-conference win? I think it's Miami over Appalachian State. Appalachian State's better than Tennessee, who Pittsburgh beat, and they're better than Illinois, who Virginia beat. So th that's the kind of struggle it's been in the non-conference slate so far for the ACC. Yeah, I mean, uh, Will Taylor's only offer was to Appalachian State, so they they know how to identify talent. I mean, they've they've been pretty good over the years. So uh, yeah, no, I, I think that probably is. I can't think of one. Yeah, Tennessee. Uh, I guess I'm a little biased because. Uh, I saw Tennessee beat IU in the Gator Bowl uh, two years ago, and uh, everybody was like, oh, Tennessee's on the rise. You know, they're, they're back to what they're going to be. And then, you know, Jeremy Pruitt and that thing went, went down pretty downhill pretty quick again. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know much of how to grade Tennessee because Tennessee, is they've got great talent. I mean, they're always supposedly pulling in these three and four every now and again in a five-star type of talent, but uh, never seem to be able to, you know, be the guys that can win football games. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think I would agree with you that App State game, uh, that, that win is probably the best one thus far. But then Miami, I mean, they also lost, they got killed by Alabama, but that's that's Alabama. So um, I guess that's in a different league. You can't judge that uh, too harshly, I guess. Yeah, um, you know, and then there's Florida State. Now, they've, they're, Fairly two plays away from being two and oh, but they're not. They're oh and two. And I just don't know if, you know, the kind of pressure that's on a program like that to not just bounce back and be okay. Uh, people want them to be real good, real fast. And I don't know, Mike Norvell is going to have trouble. That game that certainly is going to be easier than I thought at Death Valley when Florida State comes to play Clemson. Everybody, you know, it talks about like right now, this, this week it's Dave Clawson talking about how Florida State is still Florida State. They still have really good players. Well, you know what? They don't have the kind of players that Jimbo Fisher had or that Bobby Bowden had. They just don't. And they do have some good players, you know, maybe the third or fourth best talent in the ACC overall, but they haven't shown it on the field. Hey, here's an interesting thing, John. Um, two of the biggest wins or most interesting wins, at least nationally last week, uh, Oregon upsetting Ohio State. And of course, the last second Jacksonville State win over Florida State, both with former ACC quarterbacks, former Boston College quarterback Anthony Brown at Oregon. And of course, the former Clemson backup quarterback, Zarek Cooper at Jacksonville State with a 59-yard last second touchdown connection to beat the Knowles. Uh, at Doe Campbell Stadium. Yeah, obviously I had Tim Bray on last week and he was just, he actually had a tweet noting that just about the depth of Clemson. If you look at all these guys who are at different schools right now, I mean, Malusi uh, at, at, at Wisconsin right now, they're top back. I mean, you talk about the quarterback that just uh, threw a game winning uh, throw. Um, you know, just a, a lot of, uh, uh, it shows you that, that, yeah, that they're able to go and make impacts elsewhere. Um, and, and Oregon's interesting too. Oregon just interests me because 
uh, you know, they beat Ohio State. Um, does that mean that Ohio State's out of the CFP picture now? I mean, they are they going to slide downhill? Does it mean that the Pac-12 might actually get a team in the CFP, which makes things worse for Clemson? Is it a good or a bad thing for Clemson that, that the Pac-12, you know, might have a team like Oregon in the mix this year? Uh, it's probably ultimately a bad thing because that's one thing that Clemson hasn't usually had to worry about, a really good team coming out of the Pac-12. Also, Ohio State, if Oregon stays really good, and that's just like Clemson actually now rooting for Georgia, I think, in some ways, um, then Ohio State has the kind of schedule left where they can still redeem themselves, uh, at least in the regular season. And Clemson just does not have that, which, as you said before, John, is why they really need some team from the Coastal to step up and be like a top 10 team by the time the ACC championship game gets around to Charlotte. Yeah, who's the best chance to be that? Do you think? Is it is it Virginia Tech? Is it is it Virginia? Is it um, can North Carolina rebound and, and get up there or Miami or I mean, who who is that team? Uh, do you think the other side? I'm not really sure, but I'll say the winner of the North Carolina Virginia game has has a chance. I think North Carolina could shake off that early season, you know, the opening loss in Blacksburg where it was just a crazy scene. But I also still really think Miami is headed in the right direction. I mean, I know they've heard heard it down there in Coral Gables through so many coaches. But, um, yeah, like you were saying a few minutes ago, there's no shame in getting pummeled by Alabama. They survived App State. Maybe they're going to be okay. Yeah. And so I guess um, now just going back to the Georgia Tech game, um, Kind of what is the score you want to see for Clemson? I mean, obviously it was 73 to seven last year. I don't know if you can re repeat that, uh, especially the way the offense is rolling right now. I mean, it's, 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 it's ticking up, but maybe it may be not up to that level yet. And that's one of the things Tony Elliott said, this is kind of a weird aside, but um, you talked about, you know, DJ's getting compared to a quarterback at the end of his career. One of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of college football, Trevor Lawrence. And at the end of his career, uh, DJ is still at the very beginning of it. Uh, but kind of what, what do you want to see? I don't know. Is there a number of points wise that make you feel better about this offense, you know, coming out of the Georgia Tech game? I'd say something like 55 and that's, you know, including some garbage stuff at the end from backup quarterbacks and other backups involved. Uh, maybe something like 55 to six for a good overall game. And really though, looking at that offensive line and how well do they play? And then what other kinds of things can they do to protect them? They're not going to show. You're freezing up there for a second. Okay. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see um, kind of how it plays out um, defensively. Would you be disappointed if they gave up a touchdown or uh, do you just have to be realistic about it? That these things happen. Yeah, you got to be realistic. I mean, I, I I have full confidence this is a heck of a Clemson defense and it's getting going to get better every week as they develop depth. Mm -hmm. And do you think it could be one of the best Clemson defenses? I mean, they, people have been talking about that coming into the year. Um, do you feel like the potential is there that, that they could be up to that level or, or are we still kind of uh, saying a bit too much comparing them to 2016, 2018, those types of teams? a bit too much until they're walking off the field in Indianapolis, Indiana with the championship. That's the standard. And it's a ridiculously unfairly high standard, but that's the standard. No, makes sense. All right. Anything else you want to add, Gene? I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, no, I think we've uh, pretty 
well covered it. And as John said, and, and he's a modest guy, but his newsletter is tremendous. I would subscribe to that in a second and read his tremendous stuff at postandcourier.com. Lots of good deals on there. And that's where you go to, uh, why don't you give him that newsletter uh, pitch again? Because it's, a, it's really a cool thing. John's got lots of nuggets on and off the field. Yeah, so you go to postandcourier.com uh, forward slash the tiger take. Um, you can, if you're already a subscriber, I think it's only like an extra dollar or a month or something like that. Uh, to get kind of the extra nuggets and get it straight to your uh, email. Um, if you're not, I think it's about $40 for the year. It's something like that. It's not, it's not that expensive. I mean, that's like a nice steak dinner for you and somebody else. 30, yeah, $39.99 a year is what the uh, marketing people are sending in the chat right now. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. if you want to, again, go to postingcourier.com forward slash the tiger take, uh, subscribe. Uh, you can you know, read my stuff. You can also ask me questions. You just got to hit reply and the, the email comes straight to me. Uh, we're going to hopefully have maybe a little bit of a mailbag. I don't know. We're thinking of different kind of features we can or maybe not have uh, through the year, kind of figuring this out as we go since I'm new. But uh, yeah, please do that. I would appreciate it. Thanks for having me, John. All right. We'll see you.